And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. And we continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope. And we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Joseph, what's the haps? Nothing. Just sitting here. I, uh, my family's got COVID. I've got COVID. Oh Happy to gosh. be here. <laughs> where are you? Uh, where are you sitting and having COVID with your family? So my family is having COVID in the house here in Toronto, Ontario, mm-hmm. Canada. Yep. And I'm having COVID here in the studio that's used to be my garage. Yeah. And. Uh, it's pretty chill. We're all pretty much over it. It's not a big deal, but yeah. uh, we're keeping the kids home from school, and I'm talking to you. All right. I think you're my first uh, COVID patient, I'm going to say. That sounds like, like I'm a doctor. <laughs> that, I was, I've was. i never said that. That's great. I'm psyched. <laughs> I'm glad to make you feel a little bit like a doctor. It's a pretty yeah. powerful wow. feeling. I, and I feel honored to be your first COVID positive uh, <laughs> attendee patient. Oh, man. Now I have to come up with a cure somehow. Um, um, did you grow up there in Toronto? I grew up just outside of Toronto. So uh, where are you, by the way? I'm in Seattle. Seattle? Oh, wow. Yeah. We are on very different parts of this continent. Um, I so outside of Toronto is a little town called Caledon, Ontario, which is lots of like horse farms and cornfields and cow fields. And I grew up out there. So it's oh. maybe like 45, 50 minutes outside of the city. Um, but it was way more rural. Like I grew up in the country. Yeah, I did too. Did you? Outside of Seattle? No, and outside in the sticks in California, Northern California. Was that awesome? It was, but then I hated it at about twelve. I and then I yeah. I actually moved to the the burbs when I was fifteen ish or something like that. But yeah, I did. I liked it, and I do in hindsight 
there was a lot of benefits and it was a pretty healthy situation. But I was a culture vulture, I think, as a youngster. As soon as I got a taste of anything, any culture whatsoever, which there was n- none of except for cowboy culture, yeah, uh, I I was like, fuck this place. <laughs> we were mm. lucky. Like, I feel like there was parts of me that was losing my mind out there, and you have to get your parents to drive you everywhere. Yeah. But I will say that, like, when I hit high school, I was close. Like, we were very close to this town called Brampton and Mississauga. And at the time, there was like a really cool sort of punk ska emo hardcore scene oh great and like every weekend i was in bands and every weekend there'd be a show at like a ymca gym or a community center or a church basement and like that's great there were cool bands coming out of that scene so like i definitely got that itch scratched luckily and like there was a real sense of community even though it was rural just because there were so many cool punk and emo band so that was that was great yeah and i'm i'm imagining very focused like you you could just devour that stuff that's great i did not have them and it was cool too because like i feel like i was exposed to a lot of different music that i wouldn't have found out about on my own because at all these shows there was this guy like who had it like, they, we called him like the distro bin dude he'd show mm-hmm. up with a tupperware of like all these cds from different labels that he yeah. bought and you kind of just browse through them and try to find a cool looking album cover from a cool label and then you find out about music that way this was like pre pre pre-internet or like early days you know so yeah i was lucky in that respect it was great that's killer yeah it was really good it's best of both worlds Um, totally yeah and so you said you you played music what what was your uh what was your introduction to music did you do formal training or did you do uh uh punk rock show at the hall uh training or both both like i i uh i started just playing like recorder and stuff and taking recorder lessons from this german woman this really old german woman who had terrible breath Mm. and i remember she'd always try to get me to like articulate properly and she'd say you have to go Two, two, and she oh, blow no. this like musty air into my <laughs> oh, no. face. It's like seared into my memory. You know how smell has such a particular yeah, like. Yeah. Anyway, so I started with her, and then I took guitar lessons, and I dropped out of that, and then I started saxophone lessons, hmm. which is my main instrument, and that kind of stuck. But then in high school, um, we all started putting on shows. We, you know, I was part of we started as kind of like a punk band and then went into ska and we started playing emo and there was all these different bands that were coming through and playing and part of our scene, like a lot of hardcore too. So, you know, I was lucky enough that uh, most weekends I was playing shows and that was all just sort of like very DIY. Like we were setting them up ourselves or other people were setting them up. You get in touch with people by calling their mom's landlines. And then like, it was great. It was a cool it was a cool time. Wow. That's a good, that's a well-rounded education. Yeah. I was I lucky think. in that respect. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about skateboarding a little bit, but let's talk about your new record first, Welcome to Hell, which is a concept record like I've never heard of before. It's the greatest concept ever. I hey, think. thank you. I think it, re- it relates to me. It is inspired by a fantastic influential video called welcome to hell yeah 
a wonderful toy machine video from 1996, right? And yeah. um, I will elaborate on how many times I watched that video uh, <laughs> later. But back to your record, it it was inspired by this by this 1996 skate video, and it's just again, it's just a really incredible concept. It really works for me, and uh, the music on this record is a uh, spacious and, I'd say, spacey jazz experience. It has all the sounds of maybe late 70s Herbie Hancock headhunters. Uh, yeah. Maybe I hear a little Bitches Brew reverb in there. Totally. Um, and a lot of ECM record label texture, which I think adult contemporary kind of took that sound from ECM, which I don't think started as adult contemporary, more like experimental nope. jazz, new jazz. So it's it's this combination of all of these tunes, which there was a period in my life when I was in a band called The Replicants, and basically all of these things I've described oh, yeah. and the way your record sounds is what we listen to. So I can really directly relate to it. Brad. And um, the newness of your record kind of parallels with the experimental hip-hop stuff that I've been listening to lately or being exposed oh, cool. to. And I feel like it could potentially fit right into there too. Um, anyways, it's all up my alley. Uh, I'm stoked past you like it. And Thank current. you. Yeah. And um, it's just really kind of a refreshing, just put on the record and listen vibe. And, um, but back to the concept, let's, let's, how was that the kernel of your inspiration? Well, I've done a bunch of concept records before, like before this, but they all were sort of, um they kind of dealt with like heavier topics you know like um i had a record that was sort of dealing with like was kind of like chopped up interviews that i did with my mother who has parkinson's disease mm. and like the one before that had to do with like this weird religious group that i was raised in and it was like fun and kind of like music therapy almost like working through my own fucked up problems through music which i really liked but when it came time to make a new record, I was like, I just don't, I want it to be joyful versus like having this heaviness that yeah. my older ones had. And um, I was like, what, you know, what is the thing that I, like, I, I often think about records or like ideas for records when I'm like walking around or going for a run or something like that. And I was like, what's the thing that I like the most right now? Like, you know, kind of write what you know. Yeah. And I mean, it was without a doubt skateboarding. Like I just kept coming back to it where I was like, I watched so many skateboard movies on YouTube. I follow so many skateboarders on Instagram. Like what's going on in skateboarding right now is so fucking vital and wild. And like the level of creativity that's happening is just, it's nuts. Like yeah. you just see this like, you see things sort of like progressing exponentially in a way that feels so exciting. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's, I think it's the coolest. It's the in coolest every thing. direction, all directions. I know. And this is the thing within skateboarding. It's like, you're not being limited. Like there's so many different styles and room for so many different styles. Yeah. And like, I mean, I just, I love it. So I was thinking, you know, how can I make a skateboard record? And at the time and currently like i do a lot of work scoring like that's how i make a living like i mm -hmm. score cooking shows kids shows movies documentaries okay tv shows and um i was like 
I could rescore something like, you know, and, and I was like, what do I know more than anything else in skateboarding? If you kind of follow that thread of like, write what you know. Yeah. And I was like, welcome to hell without a doubt. Like yeah. it was right at this time in my life where I didn't have a job. All I thought about was skateboarding. Yeah. I had three months off for the summer where everything, like every day we skated. Like I went to my friend's house, we'd watch Welcome to Hell, we'd skate, we'd come back to his house and swim, we'd watch Welcome to Hell, we'd skate again, we'd yeah. swim, we'd sleep over, repeat. Like right. that was that was it. And like yeah. throw some um, cereal in there, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Get a bag <laughs> of chips. <laughs> um so I was like, you know, and then it just popped into my head. I was like, I'm going to rescore Welcome to Hell. Like the soundtrack was so iconic yeah. and that video was so iconic. And I was like, I just want to reframe it. Like, what does it look like if I, or what does it sound like and look like and feel like when you take out the music that's so pivotal to this iconic video and replace it with something like that's tailor-made for each skater's part, yeah. you know? And also very different. And, right. you know, it felt really cool. And then I stopped my run and I was like, that still feels pretty cool. And mm -hmm. I kind of sat on it for a week and I was getting more and more excited. And I think after about a week, I was like, no, I'm still pretty amped on this. Like I should trust my gut and just go for it. Yeah. And then it was kind of game on, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, it was just part of your, uh, your daily DNA, um, or vitamins, if you will, for me, this, that video, which you, you brought it back to me. I, I, it's always kind of been hovering in my mental orbit ever since I saw it, but you got, it got me thinking about it. And that was a time when that came out, I was still skating, but yeah. I was at this point where I wasn't as interested in watching videos and trying to figure out tricks. Yeah. Uh, but I was still riding and I've lived in a few group houses at that time. And that video was on every house I walked into <laughs> yeah. and people that didn't, two of my roommates didn't skate and it was always on. It was just, it was just so fucking cool. It was so weird how much of a vibe that video has and still has. I've of course watched it again recently. Yeah. And um, I don't know what, what the magic is on that. It's hard to put your finger on, but it's just, it's kind of dangerous and dirty and loose. The ending the credits are so good. Oh God, yeah. What an but idea. I, mean, I think about that team, you know, and like there was just so many truly iconic skaters on that team. And I think that like, you know, Ed templeton at the helm of that company like his aesthetic mm -hmm. has always been so punk to me yeah and i think that like and then you get jamie thomas who basically was the one who made the video yeah and like they're both such singular forces yeah and then you get this team of like the sickest riders but also pretty like punk and also like you know at the time we didn't know it but it was a pretty queer team and mm -hmm. i just think that you get all of these really interesting wild personalities yeah and under the like um leadership of two of the wildest coolest skateboarders visionaries i mean it was just like a perfect storm of yeah. like it's it was just like distilled coolness yeah i guess that's it and you could just put it on it should be on like the sides of walls and cities. Totally. It should just be that would be a great permanent installation. Yeah, just have it playing. And maybe I mean, maybe I've, take your idea and put a synth at the bottom of it and just score. 
today you get yeah, to score. Yeah, it could be a public installation. Wait, Anyone can score it. Let's do that. Toronto, <laughs> Seattle next year. Dude, I would love that. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, and, the, and the soundtrack, um, gosh, I sh- certainly don't want to uh, blow anyone's cover here, but how the fuck did they get the licensing on that? Or did they? No one bought the licensing. I mean, I, I recently did an interview with Ed yeah. Templeton about this. And he was basically like, it was the Wild West, you yeah. know? Like, that shit. Like, he was saying that sometimes they would reach out to people and ask, but most of the time, like he said, now they have to. Like, it's yeah. very, yeah. it's much more like codified. But back then he was like, they're not getting the fucking rights to an Iron Maiden track. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's just, not going to happen. Uh, yeah, Santana. Yeah, like it's just, there was Pink <laughs> Floyd. Like that just was never going to happen. So yeah. so he was like, you know, you just did it. And then you hope for the best. And because it was only being sold in skate shops on VHS, it right. was so under the radar of any record company. And even if they did know, I think, you know, you can argue that it's like kind of good advertising. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So... There is a lost Muska part from the video, a discovered, and you wrote a piece of music for it. You scored it. I did. I mean, do you know the lore behind that lost Muska part? No, I, I do not, actually. So I'm assuming you know who Chad Muska is? Yes. Yeah, like truly one of the greats. And he was, I didn't know this until a few years ago, but... I guess it was, I didn't learn it until I watched Ed Templeton's Epically Later. Do you ever watch Epically Later? Yeah. Um, I watched his Epically Later on YouTube and he was talking about the whole fallout where basically Musco was on that team. He was going to be part of Welcome to Hell. And then at the video premiere, the first failed video premiere, the computer crashed. So the render never happened. And like all these skaters are wasted in this theater in Hollywood. And the premiere never happens. And Chad Muska was super wasted. And he basically just freaked out and screamed at Ed in front of like the entire LA skate community. Oh my God. And I think at that point, Ed was just sort of like, fuck you, you know, enough. Like you you can't be on this team anymore if you're going to treat me like this in a public way. Yeah. Uh, And... So Muska got kicked off, and then a lot of that footage got used for his shorties fulfill the dream part. Mm-hmm. But the original cut of his part for the Welcome to Hell video got leaked onto the internet a while back. So I was just like, you know, as a fun little add-on, yeah. If you're gonna score rescore Welcome to Hell, you may as well score rescore this lost part too. Plus, I love Chad yeah. Muska's skating, and like, yeah. it was just a cool way to sort of yeah just re to interact with those parts and those yeah. skaters that made such a difference in my life. And like, yeah, like Chad Muska like wrote on Instagram, like he wrote me about it. I was like, wow, Oh really? This is... Oh, that's yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like dude was like, if you had told a 14 year old me that Chad Muska would be sending me a message, my mind would have been fucking blown, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was really neat. Yeah. Well, well I want to play the, the tune lost Muska part featuring Vibrant yeah, Matter. Um, Vibrant Matter. That was my friend Kieran Adams who I wrote the song with. All right, here we go. And you 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 and you
such a it's such a great tune and of all the songs on the record i i it's my favorite tune um currently uh well thank you second is jamie thomas which uh, as we were talking earlier was trying to figure out those drum parts for a couple hours yesterday my family need more than two hands for that for (laughs) sure (laughs) i tried to get the groove i actually was like i'm gonna record this and then try to record the other parts Hell yes. Too much. I got obsessed for <laughs> just two hours. Uh, anyways, great, great tune, man. Um, Thank you. How do you typically track your tunes or and or collaborate with other people? Um, okay, so with this record, it was a bit atypical at first. Like, usually what I'll do is I have, I'll write skeletons of songs. And, you know, whether it's like, a sound that I love or a progression that I really love. And then I'll bring it to my friends. You know, like I feel like all of my records, um, so much of it is dependent on like the musical community that I have here in Toronto. Like they're just, I love them. They make my music what it is. And mm-hmm. um, so I'll bring it to them and I'll we'll kind of flesh it out together. Um, but with this record, we started actually differently where I just put like I, I have a studio here in Toronto and I would put uh this I got a big projector screen and a projector and I just would play Welcome to Hell. I play different skaters' parts and then I got two drummers, Kieran Adams and Phil Melanson, mm-hmm. into the studio and I was like, I want you to just play along to what you see. Like I want you to just vibe out on what how they're skating yeah. and then i'm gonna sift through those parts later and write music to them so we started we started that way and then it wasn't as fruitful as i'd hoped if i'm being honest like this there was some definite like gems that came out of it but i also realized that i think that i needed to go off by myself and also kind of get some vibes going that made a bit more sense to me and so what i did was i'd watch players parts and then I'd write stuff that sort of felt connected to what how they were skating or like mm-hmm. maybe acted as a counterpoint to how they were skating. And then I would get those kind of skeletal structures going. And then once again, I brought it back to the band. Okay. And we fleshed it out with like a full band session with oh, the cool. screen down, skater skating. So like it was a combination of like, you know, people playing to songs that I'd written, but also like the visuals happening so that they could kind of vibe out from the skateboarding as well. Yeah. Wow. That's killer. Have you ever, it was fun. Man, I'd like to do that. I don't think I've ever, I've actually, I made a record when we watched a lot of, what were we watching? Some maybe Sopranos or something. We were just like writing and recording at the same time. So it got, it got to be kind of a lengthy process. So we put on some, Probably Sopranos. I don't know, but it <laughs> have would you be ever nice jammed though? To like, have you ever jammed to visuals? It's a wild thing to do. Like, if you can get into a space space that has a huge TV or like a projector, like, yeah, I sometimes will put on like. There's these YouTubes of like slow motion surfing. Sure. And you just turn the lights off and play, and yeah. it's interesting the way that visuals. Like, if you're comfortable, kind of improvising. The yeah. way that visuals change up the way that you play is really, it's beautiful because it doesn't really happen at any 
moment that's like related to the time of what you're doing because everything's sort of not synced up yeah and that randomness i find yeah adds a beautiful element to like the writing process yeah it sounds perfect to me actually it's a very fun perfect way to spend the day totally have you seen any of those mingus old mingus movies where he would be hired to score something in like a french movie no they're great. You can find them anywhere. They're like fit late fifties. Yeah. Uh, and he just goes into a theater with the band and they just play the film and they sit. Are on they the just street. like improvising to film? Yeah. I love to it. A full, yeah, it's so great. I mean, those movies are great. There's also his base being strapped onto the top of a car is also quite a sight. <laughs> wow. Cause I didn't figure out how to move it around anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, what it yielded is is beautiful, man. I'm glad you like Great it. Job. I mean, yeah. I, something that's interesting, and I'm curious what you think about it, is like, and I knew this would reaction would be okay. I knew people would feel this way, <laughs> but I I wasn't quite prepared for, or maybe I was. But anyway, I'll I'll, I'll just get to it. Like, do you know Jenkum Magazine? Jenkins Escape so. Mag out of New York. It's really cool. Okay. It's like a newer magazine. Like it definitely wasn't around when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I'm 41. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's like a big magazine, and their Instagram account has tons of followers. And I did an in- interview for them, like a pretty in-depth interview. It was really fun. And then they posted it on Instagram to their 200 followers. And like people went off, both like good and bad. But I was, I knew people, when you're dealing with a piece of art or like a, I consider it to be art, but whatever, like a video that's yeah. so sacred to a community, I think when you fuck with it, there's always going to be those purists who are like, this is sacrilege, like, yeah. you know, hands off. And, but like people, like they were like full on debates about like art and what is okay to sort of mess with and like people just went crazy about it and like i thought it was really interesting to hear people just being like fuck this this sucks don't mess with these songs this was perfect and then other people being like no this is great i love it like i it feels fresh it feels new like what an interesting way to re-engage with this like you know the original is always going to be the original but this is just a new thing and i i sort of felt like a lot of the comments were divided along age lines. Sure. And <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm curious what your take on that is, but to me, I thought it was neat because I think people soften with age, you know, like when yeah. we were younger, we were all so eager to like define ourselves by our tastes and what music we liked and everything was so important. And I think as you get older, especially as a musician, who's kind of like searching and trying to find new sounds and whatever, you realize that like, there's so much room for so many different things and you don't have to be so rigid about it. And I think a lot of the older skaters were the ones who were kind of like, no, this is cool. Like I'm into this versus the young ones who are like, fuck that. You don't touch it. Like, and anyway, I, yeah, yeah, well, what... I, I definitely sit on the side of the older uh, uh, side of the, uh, the older crowd. Um, and the one thing about that video, which, as I said, it, it was always just on. It was like it was like wallpaper. So it was a very 
visual experience for me. And yeah. the classic rock tunes uh, yeah. outside of like the lard thing. I was maybe even thinking of the misfits as being classic punk rock at that point. The music yeah. did not interest me that much. I had already been Santana'd and Pink Floyd'd <laughs> like up yeah. to yin yang twice, probably two cycles, which it'll yeah. come, it's come back too. But at that point I was like, Oh, that's, it's interesting. But again, I was a little bit older for yeah. that movie. I was still skating and slightly involved. But musically, I was like, eh, it's fine. So I agree. When I heard and read about what you were doing, I was like, oh, this is totally interesting. And and it's it's great. It's killer. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel the same way. And like, I think I feel that same way just broadly conceptually where I'm like, someone can take my albums and fucking tear them apart and take a huge steaming dump on them, in my opinion, musically. Yeah. And I'm down with them doing that. Like, yeah. I might not like it, but I think conceptually, I like people re-engaging with old art and trying to do something new. And whether I like it or not has no relevance. Yeah. But yeah, I think it does bring up the debate in some people who feel that like art or videos or something that's like as iconic as Welcome to Hell is sort of untouchable. Right. And for me, I don't subscribe to that at all. But like, I'm curious when I see people go so hard for that viewpoint. It just yeah, it's counterintuitive to me. Well, it's there. That's the other thing. It's it's there now. There's two. Or, or who knows, some kid might be doing the same thing in his basement with a synthesizer. Yeah, only. or like there's so many old or skate videos. Or a 15 videos. year old man's doing something with a drum kit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, and I think that there's so many old skate videos, you know, that there's an infinite number of ways to reinterpret them, you know? Like, yeah. it's not a static piece of art. Like, it can be re engaged with. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the more the merrier. If something provides inspiration and something cool or bad or weird comes out of it, like that's that's cool to me. I agree. I agree. And 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 I also agree. If it, you know, if it was something of mine, a piece of art of mine or something, it could be certainly like, oh, that that sucks. Yeah, you know, but it's okay for that to suck. Exactly. Like a dude, a dude wrote me the other day, basically saying, look, I took your song and I rapped over it. And this is from an older album. And I was like, you know, I didn't like it wasn't for me. Like, yeah. it was, like I love rap, yeah. but this wasn't my favorite yeah. version of that thing. But like, I was just sort of like, rad, dude, like, I'm stoked that you like it. Like, yeah, put it out in the world, do your thing. But like, yeah, the idea of kind of trying to shut it down because like I had already done sort of some sort of a definitive version of the song to me feels insane. Yeah, it's bizarro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, it's, I guess it's not as bizarre. To me, it's just kind of like, it's also a time management thing. It's like, I don't need to be wasting my time hating on something. Yeah, but I think there's also like a weird <laughs> okay. like ego thing. Like I know, like do you remember when 
Frank Ocean first came out and he released that mixtape where he did this new version of Hotel California. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And like Don Henley was so up in arms, like a fucking stick up his ass. Like, how dare you? And they had to yank it. Like they they wouldn't, he wouldn't let him release it. Yeah. And I think back to that and I'm like, Don Henley, you haven't been fucking relevant for a long ass time. And here's this like really cool kid you know, doing something totally new with this stale ass tune yeah. and you're shutting it down. Like you've already made a gajillion dollars. What in God's name is going through your minds? But I think there are some people who like literally view their art and their music as like these sacred things. And I'm like, that is bullshit. Like what a dumb way to be. Yeah. Cause you can, again, and it's also fun. uh, Well, starting to think about, you know, when songs are redone and me and my, bandmates are sitting around going like man it's so good and then someone else is like that is terrible that is terrible <laughs> or whatever i've been on all sides of it you know yeah or, or the the harshest one though is like i don't care yeah that's the mean <laughs> that's, like, the mean, that's, right? <laughs> that's the mean one uh, anyways um well i wanted to ask you you must have interfaced with ed templeton yeah to get permission etc or yeah blessing um he seems like a nice dude. I just, I don't need to kiss his ass or anything, but is he a nice dude? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. dude, like uh, when you interact with your childhood heroes, you know, I think you there's a, a good chance that those people can let you down in some capacity because, yeah. you know, you've just built them up in your mind at a time in your life when, you know, like that's when people were truly like heroic. Yeah. I think you get older, you get more jaded and people just seem more like people. Um, but he just exceeded my expectations, you know, because I realized right off the bat, like literally before I recorded note one that unless, unless, I got his permission. I couldn't release any video whatsoever. Like yeah. I could have the concept and I could release a record, but unless I could put it up on YouTube, like it just, it wasn't going to be possible. So yeah. I messaged him on Insta and was like, you know, just sort of held my breath. And the next day he wrote me back and was like, yeah, love the idea. Super cool. And then like we kind of corresponded more over the process. I think he said, make sure you take pictures. Like that's the one thing I he, oh, cool. he cared about because he's a photographer. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. And then he contributed album art too, which was also incredible. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of my favorite Killer. artists, like for sure my favorite skate artist. And like um, he was just amazing the whole that's time. Nice. Like he really blew my mind. It was yeah. such a, it was such a cool thing to get to like talk with him, to have him be as gracious as he was. And then to sort of like, you know, we just did a little interview together uh, a couple weeks ago and like just to actually talk with him properly was, it was cool, man. Like I, I was geeked out for That's sure. That's killer. I'm happy for you, man. That's great. Thanks. And, and uh, congrats again on what, what this has become, which is a, a, great record um thank you any plans to play it live yeah so 
I mean, this is <laughs> one of the problems with making a record like this is that, like, if you want to do it any justice live, you kind of have to go for broke in terms of band size. Yeah, especially broke. Uh, emphasis on yeah. the word broke. <laughs> I mean, I don't exactly. know. Not, I'm not, no. It's not a criticism on the or, or a prediction of the success of your live shows. It's more like I, I know how it goes. No, when you want to like <laughs> 10 people. I'm fucking old. Like, I'm 41. All of my friends who played on it, like would do it for free, but I don't like asking anyone to do anything for free. And like, if you want to pay people properly, I have an 11 piece band performing okay. this live. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be a very special show. It also is not going to make me any money, which sure. is fine for me. Like what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this show in Toronto with the 11 piece band. I'm going to film it. Hopefully, you know, like I'll be able to get on the road with a big band for festivals and stuff in the summer yeah. that's my dream but i also play live solo like or with duo like smaller ensembles oh, okay oh i'm also going to do it in new york city actually in may which is going to be really sweet oh great with like a pickup band from new york yeah but so there's a couple of things planned but for this album specifically you kind of have to do it with a big band yeah so it's it's limiting you know sure yeah but that being said, I'm fucking stoked All to right. play it. Like with like two drummers, two singers, vibraphone, violin, uh, three keyboard players. Like it's going to be oh, a fucking so experience. Great. As you said, you know, hopefully festivals, it's, it seems like if the right time of a festival, it could be late or whatever dance, you know, the, the part of the festival I'm never at when everyone's dancing, but oh, dude. you know, yeah, with that too. video, that could be a great experience. Well, and I have somebody doing live video manipulation. So they take Welcome to Hell and they just fucking mess with it. Like they yeah. combine different footage, they slow it down, they dub it out. So it's like the whole thing becomes this weird interactive experience. Great. That's great. Yeah. Man. I'm excited for it. When you do, just to make fun of the uh, the haters on You Mess <laughs> yeah. in the Video, when you play with the New York pickup band, just be like yeah. a dick to them. Just be like, we have to play it exactly like the record. Nope. Uh, uh, I heard a mistake. Everyone's a yeah. click. Start That's again. <laughs> Sorry, we can't do the show. It's not perfect. Just not honoring the uh, original piece of art. <laughs> That'll get them. Um, all right, man. Well, I'm, I'll let you go and uh, continue recovering from your mild COVID experience. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. It was wonderful to talk. Likewise. Uh, happy uh, holidays and new year. You too. And if I'm out in Seattle, like I'm thinking about coming to the West Coast in February okay. to do some solo or duo shows. So if I go up to Seattle, I will get in touch. Hit me. I'd love to see it. I'll let you go and uh, I'll hopefully see you out in Seattle or I'll bother you when I'm in Toronto. That sounds great. Talk All right, soon. man. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.